0: Thank mm-hmm. you. Only podcast for the working cowboy well, howdy there daylight burners <clears throat> happy Monday. hope you all had a good weekend uh didn't get a show out to you on uh on Friday I was kinda i don't know had a had a lot of shit going on and uh kind of had a little bit of a writer's block, I guess or whatever and it seems weird because there's a lot of shit happening in the world and there's a lot of a lot of shit throughout history that i haven't covered but for whatever reason i was just kind of at a blah didn't have anything i felt like you guys wanted to hear um anyway i couldn't put it together so um hope you had a good weekend hope the the weather treated you all right um and hopefully you guys down in texas uh and i guess nebraska's got some fires too but uh big ones down in, in texas so uh stay safe out there and uh yeah that. Buyers are, I mean, it's that time of year, but that's never fun. So anyway, you all take care down there. And, um, well, I, uh, I've been kind of like racking my brain over this, uh, the, the latest course of events. Um, you know, this, this Russia, Ukraine deal is, uh, is, uh, really, really kind of gets you nervous. You know, that's a, that's a, that's a. I don't know what I don't even know what it's a scary deal uh when when you think about what it could could uh, ultimately lead to so uh you know i've been been thinking about that and uh, and trying to figure it all out because like i like we said before there's just the the amount of propaganda coming out of all different sides is just uh it's amazing to to watch but uh it also gives you a very, very muddled view of what's what's actually going on. And I've listened to several different accounts and um you know there's uh there's a few you know and, and it's another thing to uh to talk about free speech because it, it's really hard to say uh to see a lot of the the overt Russian propaganda. I'm sure there's some uh circulating online kind of done covertly. But as far as like the media coming from Russia it's like it's been kicked off of YouTube Russia today and uh it's other one Sputnik or something like that uh and that's um well i I get if if you're given the most generous uh view of that you know of those moves i, I get um trying to halt the spread of propaganda and because you know it, it propaganda is, uh, is dangerous information in general is that's the most dangerous thing in, uh, in war for warfare, except for, um, you know, therm- thermonuclear weapons. So, um, minus that, the uh, the most dangerous thing about warfare is, is information. That's why they always say the first casualty of war is, uh, is the truth. And, uh, and so by shutting off, um, you know, the, the media coming out of Russia, uh, then we're forced to, uh, listen to what is going to be propaganda from our side. And, uh, and I say propaganda because it it is, I mean, our, if the Russians can put out propaganda, then so can we. And, uh, yeah, so I, it just, it's, it's a good thing to be able to see what the hell they're saying, uh, just to get a better view of the picture. But anyway, uh, all that being aside, uh, there's that uh, that old quote, you know, uh those that don't learn from history uh, are doomed to repeat it. Uh you know, history repeats itself, but th- I like the quote from from Mark Twain and I forget where he said it or when, but it, it's uh uh history doesn't repeat itself, uh doesn't repeat, but it surely rhymes. And, and I think that's a, a far more accurate uh description of of that that kind of view uh the world view anyways so if you look back to uh post-world War one so world war one it's a meat grinder of a war uh first time um modern uh weaponry saw full-scale engagement and you know because of all these these <sighs> treaties and alliances and and just a bunch of just uh, a whole bunch of different situations that led to it, um, brought the, in, basically the entire world into it. And, uh, but, uh, the most of it was focused on the European continent and trench warfare, all that. And, and as a result, you had a, an entire generation of, uh, of Brits, French, Germans, and, uh, you know, and just the whole European continent. And, uh, and then several, uh, I don't know how many how many troops we lost, but we sent uh upwards of a million troops over there at the end of um World War One. Uh so just you had an entire generation just uh just chewed up and uh and just I mean just ground into a pulp by this this World War One uh trench warfare and and just modern machi- uh weaponry uh used for the first time and there's uh there's a bunch of different revolutions going on you basically have the end of the the monarch system in in europe uh with with uh with this war <coughs> and and you still you have a whole bunch of uh uh just colonial um issues going on and it's uh it's a big time of unrest all the, all around the world and And the one I wanted to focus on here was, uh, was the Irish War of Independence. And I think it mirrors kind of what's going on in Ukraine pretty, pretty, uh, closely. So basically the, (coughs) the, the British took over, uh, Ireland in like 1100 or something like that. I mean, long, long, long time ago. And since then there's been, uh there's been some form of rebellion or another in, in Ireland. Uh, actually, I think kind of up and, uh, maybe not quite as much today, but, uh, as, as recent as the, the eighties and nineties, I believe. And the kind of the, the modern state of it kind of kicked off in, uh, 1912. So, uh, it started, uh, the whole idea of home rule versus re, uh, the Republic. And uh, in 1912, a political deal between the Irish parliamentary party and the liberal party at Westminster, the British government introduced uh, a bill for home rule or limited autonomy for Ireland within the United Kingdom as Irish nationalists had been demanding since the 1880s. However, this was opposed by Ulster unionists who formed their own militia. The Ulster volunteers to, uh, to oppose Irish self-government, Irish nationalists in response formed a rival militia and the uh, the Irish volunteers to ensure home rule was passed tensions between the two sides were were eased by the outbreak of the First World War and uh they, both sides uh agreed to support the British war effort uh this is coming from uh the dot um however in 1916 a more radish, radical Irish nationalist element in the Irish volunteers, largely directed by the Irish Republican Brotherhood, unhappy with support for Britain, Britain in the war and believing that home rule fell far short of Irish independence, launched launched an insurrection known as the Easter rising in Dublin, proclaiming an Irish Republic. So we'll, uh, and during the Easter, uh, Uprising or the Easter Rising. Uh, uh, the volunteer Irish volunteers have been found in 1913. Blah blah blah. The Citizens' Army, with around 300 members, was formed during the Dublin lockout of 1913 to protect strikers from the police. All um, right, uh, so the National Volunteers, over 120,000 strong, led by Irish Parliamentary Party. Party leader John Redmond were pledged to support the British war effort, and over 30,000 of them joined the British Army. The remaining 13,000 Irish volunteers, led by uh, Oyn MacNeill, were com- committed to keep their organization intact and in Ireland until Home Rule was passed. The Rising was planned in secret by seven men, mostly of the Irish uh, Republican Brotherhood, or IRB, who had formed a military council to to this end just after the outbreak of the First World War. They were Tom Clark, Sean McDermott, Patrick Peirce, uh, Thomas McDonough, Joseph Plunkett, James Connolly, and Eamon Can't K- S- I don't know, um, their plans were we not known to the membership of the volunteers or at large to the leaders of the IRB and volunteers. Um, they had arranged with the Germans for a large importation of arms to be delivered on Good Friday, April 21st. But the shipment was discovered by the British off carrier and its cargo was lost at the last minute. Plans for the rising were revealed to Oyne McNeil, who tried to call off the rebellion by issuing a countermanding order, but actually just po- postponed the outbreak from Easter Sunday to the next day, Monday. The insurgents proclaimed an Irish Republic with Peirce as president and Connolly as commander in chief. They occupied positions around Dublin at the General Post Office, the Four Courts, South Dublin Union, Boland's Mill, Stephen, Stephen Green's, uh, and Jacob Biscuit Factory. I guess it's a cookie factory cuz uh it's the English and they say biscuit like a bunch of morons um and so that was kind of compare that to the Crimean uh deal uh back in like 2014 when supposedly uh like russian sympathetic uh crimeans so, um and a few uh, according to our intelligence sources there were also russian special operators in with them which um probably true um but there's also there's also the the fact that crimea is uh heavily ethnic russian and uh so there is some some long long uh sympathies towards russia there but anyway this uh, Russian separatist party seized the the capital. I, th- I think it was like the parliament there in uh, <coughs> in uh, Crimea. Uh, I forget which which city of Odessa. Meant. no, I don't. I don't know. I can't. I couldn't tell you. But so, kind of view them as Irish Republican Army. So in response to that, the Brits deployed like sixteen thousand troops, uh, like. Naval gunboats, uh, artillery. I mean, they they went in and just put this thing down. Um, so duh, 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 duh. rebels' headquarters at the GPO was bombarded into surrender, and Patrick Pearce offered ordered on Saturday, 29th of April. Uh, however, the fiercest fighting took place elsewhere at Mount Bridge Street, South Dublin Union, and North King Street. Uh, there was also risings in Galway, Enniscorthy Innes, uh, Ennis in Wexford, and Ashburn County, uh, Meath. But apart from an action at Ashbourne that killed eleven police, these caused little blood. Uh, Sixteen of the rebel leaders were executed, fifteen in a two-week period after they had surrendered, and one, uh, Roger Casement, in August. Over three thousand people were arrested for after the re- uh, rebellion, and over fourteen hundred uh, imprisoned. The Rising was not widely supported among the Dublin public and was condemned by the Irish Parliamentary Party and much of nationalist as well as unionist uh, opinion. However, combined with other factors such as uh, continued postponement of Home Rule, growing casualties of the First World War and the threat of conscription, the Rising and its repression helped to uh, increase the strength of the the radical nationalists in Sinn Féin, which was a uh, that was like the (laughs) <laughs> Sinfine was basically like the, the political arm of the, the IRA, I think. Um, this party, which had not participated in the rebellion, was adopted as a vehicle by the veterans of the rising and pledged to withdraw from the Westminster Parliament and set up an Irish one. Sinfine went on to win three by elections in 1917 and a general election in 1918, leading to their proclamation of an Irish Republic in 1919. And the start of the Irish War of Independence. So we go we go back to that. And uh, what um, what's kind of uniquely different about um, this? Uh, I, I guess they're they're very similar. So Ukraine has been under Russian rule since like. Sixteen hundred or something like that. Um, off and on, um, like switching sides. Like they were part of uh, Poland at one point. They were part of uh, Norway, I think. Norway, Sweden, something like maybe is Sweden. Um, one of the one of those other Slavic countries. But um, by and large, they've been part of Russia, and there's been rebellions here and there, and uh, never really fully independent until um, like um it started in in 54 with Khrushchev, but they were still part of the Soviet Union. But after the Soviet Union fell in, in 89, that's when Ukraine kind of became a, you know, fully independent, uh, nation state. And. Now. I guess where, where it rhymes as opposed to like where Ireland, Ireland was not really ever, uh, a uh an independent country Uh, and it still isn't completely independent there's still northern ireland which is part of the uh the uk and uh and then then there's the irish republic but there's uh so in in that way it's kind of the same way as uh as uh the russia ukraine thing but um and very much like, uh, the Brits when they, uh, when, when this uprising took place in Crimea, even though it was probably, um, false flag type deal, uh, where heavily, uh, heavily propagandized by the Russians and, and infiltrated by the Russians. They, they basically sparked off this, this rebellion. And, uh, and that that's kind of what happened with uh this Luhansk and Donetsk uh, regions of Ukraine this time. It was sparked off by by fighting and uh and rebellion and uh and Russia is using it as a an excuse to to protect its people whereas the Brits um no they they were just outright putting down a rebellion. They they were uh they were much more upfront about it. They, you know, they had, they tried to save face on the, on the world stage. Uh, there's a really good, um, series on Netflix, uh, called, uh, I think it's just called rebellion. And it's, and it's about the, there's two seasons. I think there's a third season coming out. I hope so. It was, Cause it's a really good show. And, uh, and it, it seems like it follows fairly, fairly close. The, the timeline and, and, and and what i i haven't done enough research into it to to really say whether it's uh it's bullshit or not but it's uh it's a really really interesting show and but but it's very clear like the like the the Brits were not they were not using any excuse to like protect um you know their their ethnic uh cousins or whatever uh, no, it was, it was just like, no, the, this is, this is our land. We want it. And, um, you, you will shut up now. And <laughs> that kind of how it was. So like the, the Brits were, were like, they were pretty ruthless about it. And, uh, but at the same time, the, the, the world is getting a lot smaller because, uh, because of communication and everything. I mean, they, they had, uh, you know, uh, telegraph underwater telegraph uh, cables that went went from uh from America to the to Europe uh and so the the communication time was was reduced uh really really rapidly and um and then the the radio uh became a thing people were were able to communicate via radio for the first time and <laughs> so people were able to to really pay close attention to what was going on uh across the pond. And so Britain had a they had to put on a, a good face. So they uh after after the Easter rising, they uh they were just like playing whack-a-mole. Uh and that's kind of how it always always happens with an occupying force that does, doesn't matter how much, uh, you try to win over the public, you are still not their family. So they, uh, they just resist you at every turn. And, and if you squash one rebellion here, then, then another one pops up over here and and you're just, it's just a game of whack-a-mole. And that's kind of how, um, how it was for the the Brits in in Ireland. And that's kind of how it is for, um, I, I guess you could you could say that kinda how it is for uh for Russia, but in their case they're they're uh just they're just easing their way back. And and there there's real concern about um you know, and I'm not comparing Putin to Hitler in the, the genocidal um madman type of type of way. I I'm comparing to him and just how he's like creeping you know the the whole appeasement thing uh where we we figured if we we gave uh if we allowed germany to have the sudetenland then uh you know his he wouldn't he wouldn't try to go any further and that you know we were we were wrong on that <clears throat> i think everybody knew we were we we're going to be wrong but what were, what were you going to do and this this kind of feels like how it is with russia too like is it is it right that that he's invading ukraine hell no it's not but At the same time, it's, uh, it's a lot more complicated than just, uh, than, and it's probably more complicated even than, than the Ireland, uh, England thing, because there's parts of Ukraine that are definitely sympathetic to Russia and, and like Northern Ireland, I guess, kind of the same way, um they they're more of the the protestant faith where where the irish republic is is catholic and <clears throat> I, and i don't i don't know if there's a, a big um religious um thing going on with uh with ukraine i don't know if there's a big re- religious divide like that you know protestant catholic or christian muslim or or whatever i know there's there's uh pretty good amount of jews up there um but i, I don't know how it's split up except for like um ethnic russians and non-ethnic russians and i don't know within the other part of the you know the non-russian end of it i don't know how they split up demographically either i, I just don't know that much about it um but I, i'm sure there's you know plenty of of different sects within the the non-russian ukrainian population cuz it's a big country it's like four, 40 million people and covers a lot of areas so i, I don't know um how th- how that splits up but there's but there's definite sympathies towards russia just like uh you know northern ireland is is sympathetic to to the uk and still part of the uk um <clears throat> and, and so maybe that's kind of where it, it you know the ideal situation seems to be maybe that like that that Luhansk and Donetsk region um becomes part of Russia or independent states and uh, and Ukraine you know is every as the rest of it and uh, and you know Crimea is part of Russia. I, I don't I don't know if if it ends up like that. That seems to be like maybe that's the, the best case scenario. Uh and just like allow for uh you know whoever whoever doesn't want to be a Russian, uh, now's your time to leave. And and I, it sucks, but it sure is hell a lot better than, than going, going towards thermonuclear war. And, and that was, that was kind of the feeling in, in Ireland, you know, the nuclear option wasn't there because it wasn't invented yet. But, um, I, you know, the Brits really cracked down after that Easter Easter rising. And, so even though it, no, um, oh, let, let's go go through here, I guess. So, um, so in December nineteen eighteen, Sinn Fein decisively won the Irish vote in the general election, taking seventy three seats out of one hundred five, uh, being a, a majority everywhere except Ulster, and that's uh, and that's Northern Ireland. And they declared an Irish Republic, the first Republican Ireland. In, uh, Republican Parliament or DA, Dial met January 1919 uh, through more than half the Sinn members of Parliament were imprisoned at the time. Uh, tch, tch. Um, on the same day that Dial first met, the two R- uh, RIC constables were shot dead by Irish volunteers under Dan Breen at Saldenburg in Anyway, somewhere and the explosives, they were carrying seas. This is commonly presented as the opening shots of the war, but there were deaths in 1918 and only 17 more people were killed in 1919 <clears throat> in Dublin. Michael Collins, uh, The Volunteers or IRA Director of Intelligence uh, formed a squad to assassinate detectives who coordinated the arrest of Republican activists late in the year his men attempted but failed to, to kill John French, the Lord Lieutenant of Ireland. Alongside the limited armed uh, campaign were sig- uh, significant passive resistance, uh, resistance, including hunger strikes by prisoners, many of whom were released in March 1920 and a boycott by railway workers on carrying British troops. There's also significant disturbances in uh, rural areas as small farmers attempted to seize parts of large ranches. Uh, violence intensified in early 1920. Much of the Sinfine political leadership had been arrested and, Eamon de la Vera, uh, the president of the Republic, had gone to America to raise funds. The two leaders of the IRA, Collins and Richard uh ordered volunteer units around the country to raid RIC barracks for arms. Though Dial eventually endorsed the IRA's campa- campaign in 1921, some semifinal figures such as Arthur Griffiths disliked the use of violence. A series of attacks on rural police barracks ensued in 1920. Uh, The RIC withdrew from its smaller stations in the fortified barracks and towns, and abandoned posts were systematically burnt by the IRA around the country on the night of Easter Sunday, 1920. By the summer of 1920, many RIC men were resigning their commissions, and and in many localities, the IRA were uh, in the ascendant, in other places, the RIC responded to attacks on them with assassination of Republicans such as Thomas McCurtain, Lord Mayor of Cork. At the Same time in the summer of 1920, Sinfine won local government elections across most of Ireland and took over functions of government from the state, such as tax collection and law enforcement. In some places, the RIC was replaced by uh, Irish Republican police and the court system by the Sinfine or Dial courts. To put down this insurgency, the British government under Lloyd George proposed autonomous governments in Northern Ireland and Southern Ireland Ireland and also deployed new corps of paramilitary police from Britain, the black and tans auxiliary division made up of largely war veterans from the first world war. Lloyd George also passed the restoration of order act, uh, in Ireland act, giving special powers to the police and military. So they, uh, they basically just uh grassroots and and through just uh just continuing uh oppression by the british government they they got a lot of uh local favor and uh and they won all these these local elections <coughs> and and the brits are still trying to hold on still trying to hold on and uh it's funny how it's kind of the opposite way with uh with ukraine where it's ukraine is you know the break off country but they're still trying to hold together this larger part and they're and they're kind of losing that battle it seems like or it seemed like they were losing that battle anyways i mean the the those eastern regions of ukraine had had a lot of russian intervention already you know but they 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 weren't they weren't wearing the russian flag you know they they didn't have any any you know russian flag on 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 their shoulder no no patch there but they no doubt were were russian soldiers and um and ukraine's try, uh, trying to battle against that and that that's kind of that's kind of what they're doing here with this uh black and tans where they're paramilitary so that's you know they're 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 doing spy shit and uh so on the escalation this triggered a grave escalation of the conflict as new forces carried out reprisals on the civilian civilian population for ira attacks and uh, in the summer of 1920, uh, burning extensive parts of the towns of Balbriggan uh, and Tuam, for example, the IRA in response formed full-time flying columns, also called active service units, in which in some parts of the country became much more ruthless and efficient at guerrilla warfare. And uh, so there's uh, there's a, a scene where they're they, uh, one of the main characters in Rebellion goes up goes up north because uh, his brother <coughs> is uh is in the british uh army and uh is going up up uh north towards the like kind of the border between uh the irish Republic and northern ireland um uh, to help put down a rebellion gets captured but they're talking about the northern boys and uh like they they were apparently just really brutal they they uh they bombed a lot of shit. And uh, and were just, they they were kind of like the Francis Marion Swamp Fox, you know, in the, during our Revolutionary War, where they just, they'd they hit you really hard and fast, and then just uh, away they'd go into the countryside. Um, in the North, there was severe riding in Belfast, uh, Belfast Derry, and Lisbon after an after IRA, IRA killing of two Northern Protestant police officers in separate as, incidents, after which Loyalists attacked. Catholic areas up to a hundred people were killed and hundreds of Catholic homes burnt. Um, another 7,000 Catholics were expelled from their jobs in the Belfast shipyards. <clears throat> the Northern Ireland authorities also formed the Ulster special constabulary as an armed, mostly union unionist police force. In the autumn and winter of 1920 saw a new ruthlessness on both sides. Um, November 21, On November 21, IRA units in Dublin launched a mass assassination attack on British intelligence officers, killing 14 men, of whom at least eight were intelligence officers. In revenge, uh, a force of RIC black and tans and auxiliaries shot dead 15 civilians at a football match at uh, Dublin's Croke Park in a day known as Bloody Sunday. A week later, a patrol of 17 auxiliaries was wiped out uh, in an IRA ambush in Kilmichael and Cork. And shortly after that, much of Cork's city center was destroyed in a fire set by Crown forces. By the end of 1920, some 500 people had been killed. There was an there were attempts to call a truce in December, but this was prevented by the British government, in particular, Hamar Greenwood, the Chief Secretary Secretary of Ireland, who insisted the IRA surrender its weapons first. Um, in the first six months of 1921, around a thousand people were killed in the fighting. The the violence was most intense in dublin city south munster and belfast although there was some guerrilla activity in in most areas county cork saw almost 500 people killed in actions like the upton ambush and uh in dublin 300 <coughs> while, <coughs> <coughs> while at the other end of the spectrum uh County Cavan saw only nine deaths in wicklow seven In addition, some 6,000 Republicans were imprisoned. Martial law was declared uh, in the province of Munster. The the regular British army was deployed in greater numbers, uh, mounting sweeps across the countryside, and British authorities began official uh, reprisals, including house burnings and executions in response to the IRA attacks. The IRA retaliated by stepping up shootings of informers, real and alleged, eventually extending extending attacks to off-duty British personnel and burning the property of Loyalists. (coughs) (coughs) When (coughs) When the British began executing prisoners, the IRA also began shooting captured British soldiers and police. By the summer of 1921, the IRA was very short of ammunition and weapons, and many fighters had been imprisoned. Notably, in the raid on the customs house in Dublin, British forces claimed they were on the verge of defeating them, but the guerrillas had also improved their bomb-making cap- uh, capabilities and were still inflicting casualties and no immediate end uh, in sight to the conflict. The fighting was brought to an end, however, on J- July 11, 1921, when a truce was negotiated between British and Ira- Irish Republican force so that talks on a political settlement could be- begin. In the North, though, uh, the second half of 1921 was more violent than the first with extensive fighting between Republicans and Loyalists, Uh, Catholics and and Protestants, especially in Belfast. (coughs) So compare that to after the Crimea deal. um, There's there's kind of a ceasefire. But these two Donetsk and the Donbass region still... Still fighting like hell. Um, The truce allowed the IRA to regroup, recruit, and train openly. Many of their activists believed this, uh, believed at first it was just temporary uh, end to uh, hostilities. However, in December 1921, an Irish delegation led by Michael Collins and Arthur Griffin signed the Anglo-Irish Treaty, which uh, disestablished the Irish Republic of 1919. But created the Irish Free State, uh, an ent- entity comprising twenty six of Ireland's thirty two counties, which had much more independence than the Home Rule Act nineteen twelve would have granted. Um. So anyway, basically, uh, more fighting goes on, and uh, it's uh, and it just it's one, one thing leads to another. And then eventually the, the Irish independent Irish free state was established in 1948. Uh, the Republic of Ireland and fully independent and then Northern Ireland, uh, also. So it's independent, but it remained part of the United Kingdom. So <clears throat> I guess not fully independent. Um, um, <coughs> and, like I said, it history doesn't repeat, it, but it it damn sure rhymes. And this, you can you compound that with like the the economic um, shit that's going on with inflation and uh, and just greater spending and just all all these all these entangling alliances once again. And we're we uh, we are knocking on the door of something really really awful. So I I hope I hope uh this Ukraine deal kind of gets resolved much like the <clears throat> the Ireland situation and uh and however that that plays out you know territorially and it comes to some sort of a ceasefire and we can all just kind of take a deep breath and and back off because uh calling for for no fly zones o- over ukraine um uh, at this point in the in the conflict essentially means declaring war on russia and we all know where that that escalation leads to and that's that's not not worth it so hopefully they can get it resolved semi peacefully um but man it's it is really really kind of crazy to see how how similar all of this stuff is and yeah, we'll see where it goes from here. But anyway, I hope you enjoyed it. I uh, hope you have a good rest of the week. The, the weather is sure improving and, uh, that puts people in a better mood. So, um, things are looking up, fellas, things are looking up. Um, so make sure you go check out the, the website, burning-daylight.com. we got some t-shirts for sale there. We'll have hats up there, uh, so, uh, soon, shortly. And, uh, Check out the Uncommon Sense blog. Um, Jen Hill putting out uh, an article every week. Um McKenzie will will post from uh, there from time to time. And uh yeah, we got some cool stuff uh going and we'll uh we uh, got some got some plans in the future too. So uh stay tuned. Uh oh yeah. Patreon.com slash burn daylight if you'd like to support the show. And uh <coughs> also if you'd like to to uh, advertise, uh, get, get your, your business out there a little bit in within this community, uh, sh- you know, shoot me a message, uh, Matt at Vernon-Daylight.com. Um, but Patreon.com slash burning Daylight. You can subscribe there. You'll get bonus content, ad-free content and, uh, and a whole bunch more. So, and you be helping out the show a bunch. So anyways, um, God bless. Thank you for tuning in and move your ass. or burning daylight. You rise up in the morning beneath the stars so bright pull your hat down make sure your cinch is tight Horses kind of snuffy Cold chill up your spine You'll get your ass moving Some will burn away. Burn away. And some burn